0: No plan, no backup, no choice. We are the SpyFi guys, and this is Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Hello, and welcome back to the Fi guys, where we cover spy fact, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Zach, and I'm Christian. And today we have a guest star joining us for our next installment of the Mission Impossible series.
1: Heck yeah, I am the Impossible Mission.
0: (laughs) Welcome back, Jay. Yes. So Jay is our Mission Impossible expert slash super fan along with Christian. He's covered all of the Mission Impossible ones so far, and he is back for number four, Ghost Protocol.
1: Am I the expert or just old?
2: (laughs) (laughs) And you're also, unfortunately, were just not able to join us for our uh, Dead Drop episode, which released last week on Dead Reckoning Part 1. And if I sound a little hoarse today, it's because we recorded it last night and I spent a lot of time yelling at Zach. So tune in to find out. All right, I you appreciate
1: this. I appreciate this because I'm pretty sure I yelled at Zach the other night as well.
2: <laughs> it's Mission Impossible season,
0: though. A new Mission Impossible just came out. So we are going to do the next
2: step in our coverage of the series. Yeah. So what is all of your experience with Ghost Protocol.
1: I have watched I think this is the fourth time I have watched it like mm-hmm. seriously. Mm. I've definitely watched it one or two other times. Half asleep or passed out. <laughs> um seriously like sat through and wanted to watch it probably this is the fourth time
0: for me. So for me, I was aware that there were these Mission Impossible movies and for some random reason I decided to see four in a theater, I believe Mm-hmm. And as soon as the music started, I was like, Oh yeah, the music like from the show and then it just got better and better. So I remember mm-hmm. really liking it and it mm-hmm. got me into the series, though I don't tend to rewatch movies that much. So me, really coming back to watching it for this episode, mm-hmm. I was like, Does it hold up? Mm-hmm. That was
1: listeners, just so you know, I gave Zach the thumbs down and I was booing him aside. <laughs> <silently.
0: laughs> Gee, it's the first two minutes. <laughs> I knew already.
2: As we all know, listeners, I'm a big fan of the franchise. I've been following it since the very beginning. It was the first one was the first PG-13 movie I ever saw, and I was, I was not, I was kind of hyped for this. I was, I was moderate because three upon you know viewing it at that time kind of disappointed me. So I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I'll watch it. but I'm not really sure how it's gonna go. And then I have a bunch of friends back in Hawaii who used to, well, they all got GoPros and started making like these videos. <laughs> this is back in 2011. So this is a whole big thing that would make, you know, s- skateboarding, surfing, swimming videos. So they're going to, and they call themselves 1412 film factory, which is Ooh, the name of their house. 1412. Wow. was their street address. I like that. Okay. Anyway. So they were going to have, they were going to call it the 1412 uh, film factory film uh, festival, um, and they were like, "All right, we want to make a trailer to you know show before movies." And they, they and like they randomly called me up and said, "Hey, Christian, do you have any of this random you know <laughs> videos of you doing James Bond things?" I was like, mm, "Maybe, but why?" Is it? Oh, well, we're gonna you know we want to edit together a trailer, so we we're thinking about you know just putting something into the Mission Impossible Ghost Pro. Like, or we can film new stuff with me because I'm down to do that. <laughs> 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 so we did, and I will. So um, we made it. It's yeah. We we made a uh, little trailer called "Cridgen Impossible." Uh, Cridgen was my nickname with amongst these these friends for reasons why I will not get into. Is it some kind of insult? No. Well, I guess I'll just tell the story. You don't have to.
3: Whatever.
2: I mean, it's it's just it's just kind of stupid. It's just they had one cousin who, like younger cousin who had two two Front teeth missing at one point, and so he would pronounce things weird. So mm. apparently, my name Christian was pronounced by him as Frigid, and that's, yeah, that's amazing. How I can see that, yeah. I so said,
1: I was very curious about that when yeah. you sent me the so link. I, I like,
2: will post this video onto our social medias. Just listeners, beware this is made like 12 years ago on not you know with like just iMovie, so it is not the best quality, but it is funny. I think it's fun.
1: Yeah, I thought it was amazing when I watched it. <laughs> Considering that was, like, probably, like, five years after I started, like, doing movie <laughs> uh, edits and stuff like that, so, like, I was like, why is this so much better than the things <laughs> I developed?
0: I don't understand.
2: Oh,
0: <laughs> it was developed yeah. by the pros at 1412. Did they also do parkour, by the way? No. W- wasn't 2011 that was when people were into parkour?
2: Around there. Actually, you know what? They Keep probably think, yeah. did, you know? Mm. I don't... Oh, uh, Yeah. Anyway, so that's my history with this movie. So, oh well, I guess that was aside. But yeah, so actually going into it because of making the, the little trailer, I was more hyped for it because I was like, oh, I want to see how, you know how the scenes that we acted out in the trailer actually play out in the movie. Like, I think my favorite scene from that little trailer we made was where you know, had the gun reversal, and we did really? that with a bunch of my airsoft guns. I was it, I was like, you know what? I'm actually proud of that, because that looked good. It did look good. That was the best part.
1: It was so good, because that also I was like, oh my god. If they didn't practice good trigger practices, oh my god, there is going to be a wealth on someone's forehead.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. no, I, they, I unloaded those before I did anything with those. I was
1: so concerned. <laughs> I was like, I've seen so many bad productions of, like, miscellaneous things with, like, either uh, airsoft guns Mm -hmm. or, like, paintballs. Mm -hmm. And then you're just like, oh, yeah, you don't think anything of it. But that hurts when you get hit.
2: Oh, yeah. Especially when you're not expecting it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was like, I've been hit by paintball guns from that bridge and been, like... (sighs) I had a while for like a month and a half and be like, oh,
2: no, no, no. Uh, we, I was very, wanted to be very safe with those things. Yeah. You don't want to pull an Alec Baldwin. Oh, too soon. Why?
1: Why? Not too soon, (laughs) but why?
2: (laughs) And also he doesn't enter the franchise till the next film. Mm.
1: Hey, good call.
2: (laughs) All right. So shall we get into this? Zach, do you have our synopses?
1: Can I just say that, like, Zach and I have talked about it this a couple of times once we decided that, again, I was going to be a part of this. And Zach was like, isn't it blah, blah, blah? And I was like, oh, you bastard. Okay. <laughs> so, like, no, because, like, it's, again, it's Mission Impossible. It's typical stuff. But then, like, Zach also, when we were talked about it on uh, Saturday... Uh, at the theater, Zach so was like, I haven't seen this in a while. Isn't it just blank? And I was like, are you mad? Did you not pay attention to take notes? And you were like, no, I didn't watch it yet. And I was like, oh, okay.
2: Oh, uh, right. just his reaction from before he watched it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like his
1: memory from that period. Well, and I was
2: listeners like, who have listened to the <laughs> Dead Reckoning episode will know that J- J- Zach's memories of these this franchise, other than the set pieces, are very slim. All right. <laughs> okay, so it's not just... Me. you know. Alright, no.
0: We're <laughs> not gonna... We <laughs> look, we're I've watched the movies when they first come out. Oh, yeah. So this was like... What, how long did you say? 12 years ago. 12, 12 yeah. years That's ago. Fair. I haven't That's seen fair. it, it since. Alright, alright. All right. Now, fair. if you're finished... <laughs> yeah, do, do you have any poetry synopsis? Did you make come up with anything?
1: I did... Um, now I'm trying to remember. It was... Oh, shoot. Give me until the end. I have to come back to this. It's... Okay. All
0: right. Well, here's mine. So first is my haiku. Ethan imprisoned ghost protocol in effect. Airbags save the day. <laughs> All right. I like, oh, it. I like
1: it. That's good. That's good.
0: Thank you. And then here's the limerick. There once was an agent named Hunt, and when danger he had to confront with the world on the verge, he climbed on the verge performing one heck of a stunt.
2: Pretty good. I was Uh, a little worried when you started with Hunt. What? Did you think (laughs) it was going
0: to rhyme Hunt with something
2: else? Yeah. Okay. We are not a rated X podcast, Zach. Brunt. Yay. I
1: got you. I got you. Mm -hmm. All
2: right. And then here
0: is the IMDb actual summary. The IMF is shut down when it's implicated in the bombing of the Kremlin, causing Ethan Hunt and his new team to go rogue to clear their organization's name.
2: So I have one more thing I want to say. And this is probably the film that I've visited the most locations from of the, of mm-hmm. the mission oh. franchise. Uh, maybe
1: something came up because I watched it the uh, yeah. last weekend. I was like, there's Christian somewhere, probably there.
2: Christian's <laughs> probably there. Christian so...
1: sticks me from that spot. Yeah.
2: You've been <laughs> to the crap one. Uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get up, to it, but yeah, there's a lot of, it. they filmed a lot in Vancouver and a lot in, um, like blank- El oh, Prague. Yeah. So those yeah, are the two log. ones I have never been to Dubai. I'd uh, love to go at some point. Um, I believe they also filmed in, Ooh, there's one more place that I'm trying to think of. So anytime that there's a location that I've been to, I will point it out. Mm-hmm. So we start at a, a train station in what's supposed to be, oh, yeah, this is the location that I can't, couldn't remember. Where is it's supposed to be?
1: Chennai, Bangalore, how are the other two? And um... Prague, Moscow, Vancouver, Bangalore, Chennai, and Dubai.
0: Yeah, so it's filmed in Prague, is- but
2: it's supposed to be Budapest. Budapest. Thank you. That's that's what I was. That's yeah. This is a train station in Prague that I actually took the train into, which was really fun. Um, but yeah, we start there. Sawyer from Lost. To his character's name, I do not recall. Right. Is he in Halloway Holloway or Hardaway Halloway, or something yeah, like that? Holloway,
1: yeah, Holloway, yeah, yes,
0: right. yeah. Yes. 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 Who so says was... my
2: memory's bad? Eaten you guys. <laughs> well, you only saw this one, you know, a couple like days a few ago, hours ago. ago. Uh, there you go. That's why. <laughs> so yeah, he's being chased. He run, th- runs off a building, throws an airbag behind him. It's um, amazing. More, more. So not just one airbag, but two airbags cool. save the day. Mm-hmm. Nice. <sighs> yeah. yeah. He thinks he's escaping, but then he gets shot by. The assassin known as Sabine, who's played by Leia Seydoux, also featured in the James Bond franchise. That's right.
1: Not Sabine from Star Wars.
2: No, not that Sabine. (laughs) Uh, Sabine Moreau is her name. Mm -hmm. So we next go to a prison sequence where we find that Benji's in the field now. He's no longer a technician.
1: Yay! He deserved it.
2: And we also meet Agent Jane Carter, who's played by, oh gosh, I keep, uh, Paula Patton. There, there it is. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> They're breaking out Ethan Hunt from prison. And Ethan Hunt is doing his best uh, cooler king from The Great Escape here. With, except, instead of throwing a ball against a wall in his cell, he's got a rock that he has carved out over long periods of time, <laughs> bouncing it off his cell. Presumably with
1: a spoon. Did he cover it, or is it? Or is just, it just? I think it's, it's because just throwing it it's just because he's been throwing it, yeah. it like <laughs> fifty times per like every five minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah, but Great Escape, a movie that I want to cover in the future. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah he's so more hardcore good. than The Great Escape because he uses a rock and not a yep, baseball. Yeah. Benji hacks into the 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 uh, audio system of the prison and starts playing "Eat That" a Kick in the Head by Is it Dean Martin? Yes. So what uh-huh. I liked about this. Yeah.
0: So now in 2023, pop songs are so in vogue to put in movies. But in in this one, there's actually a reason why they do it, which is to to let Ethan know that they're helping him. Because you'll notice Ethan doesn't really react when he hears the fighting, but when he hears the music, mm-hmm. his head kind of turns.
1: I agree. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, a very
2: no, clear thing. It's a code phrase mm-hmm. that he's he knows, and. Right. So he, yeah he notices all the you know so very particular prison doors are being opened, and I like for the first good like five almost maybe almost ten minutes, oh. you don't hear Ethan. He's just silent. Oh, and it's all no. by his body language, his portrayal, his face. It's all it's so like it's hey. not
1: even that. It's yeah. the fact that you get a roughly twenty seconds of Ethan, and no one sees that it's Ethan for the first probably mm. about 15 minutes of this whole ep- like section because you only see him laying down there's someone throwing a rock but mm. everything else so their door opens and then you get the the grimy ass guy like <laughs> Let's go and ahead. then hit him <laughs> by himself and then everyone's screaming at him and all this happens and you just see this miscellaneous person throwing a rock so like <laughs> probably 15 to 20 minutes you have no idea that that's ethan mm-hmm. the assumption is that so when i first saw it mm-hmm. i thought the person that was being released initially was ethan in the
2: mask, uh, uh, in mask. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. that'd be a long time to wear a mask if right but we
1: don't know how long they've been That's there right yeah, so yeah. and how good their hold this pat downs and all that stuff so i initially thought <laughs> oh, that's Ethan. And then you just randomly see this guy throwing a rock against the wall, and I was like...
2: Why are they focusing on him?
1: Why is this jerk (laughs) throwing a rock? Hmm. Okay, maybe that's... So maybe this person is now going to save the one who's throwing the rock. I initially thought that was going to be the big bad.
0: Interesting. Movies like to start with the bad guys. Right?
1: So Hmm. yeah, I was like, so Ethan's going to save him. They're go- and that's going to be the big bad and then all that thing. So like my mind was blown we'll after the first Ethan. 15 minutes of this movie. I was like oh my god, what is happening?
2: Keeps you guessing. Yeah. So we get a nice bit of comedy where Ethan is telling whoever is on the computer to open the door and he doesn't know it's Benji but they have a goodbye play. Somehow without talking they manage to have a goodbye play which I love. Uh, but yeah, so he's has him open another door so he can go and rescue this other prisoner named Bogdan.
0: Classic Ethan Hunt. Even when he's being rescued, he still goes rogue. Mm. Yeah,
1: I like the fact that he runs away, stops, and is just like, God. and then he goes back and he knows he knows his name is big enough that he just has to stare at the camera, and go <laughs> wave two fingers, and go open that door and just sits there and wait.
2: He also, like, threatens him with a fist. It's, it's not not even like, I'm, I'm going to put it. It's just this.
1: Yeah, and then just like, why? Why aren't you listening to me? Do you not know who I am? Why are you being a Karen? Just open this door.
0: Yeah, even knows yeah. they're here for him and they're not leaving without him.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. To cover their escape, uh, Benji also, like, opens all the doors in the prison and basically starts a riot.
0: Yeah there's four prison guards I guess they're innocence being hurt and or killed. Mm. But this team is a little bit more hardcore than the <laughs> ones later.
2: Yeah and so they you know escape through a tunnel underneath and then we get I think my favorite intro this is the first time in the movie the film series where the the title sequence is led into by the actual you know film or he actually lights a physical fuse. Yeah so says right. "Light the fuse. It It made me feel so good. It's it's just such a great title sequence as well. So I I just loved it, and because
1: you see initially when they're in the tunnels, you see them moving around. So Mm -hmm. like it's not just the generic fuse being lit you see mm-hmm. them yeah. having to traverse various tunnels mm-hmm. so you see it split and stuff so it's yeah. like very and then you practical. see the
2: fuse as they start showing this other scenes from the movie which are from different angles and we'll see it later as well you'll see the fuse moving around them too in various ways it's just so well done
1: it was so good because prior to that it was just very typical
2: i mean right? th- we talked about mi3 doesn't even have and they, even MI2, yes. they don't even have like no, the scenes of none other of that. parts of that. It's really only at Mission Impossible 1 where they did that. Yeah. it was a TV show.
1: And the TV show. So it's like you have initially in the TV show and then you're like 1 one and 2. You, 1 and 2, you get the general feud. But this is the first time you see it wave through tunnels. And mm-hmm. you, specifically because of the way they're <clears> setting <throat> it up. And in the movie, you see them walking through various tunnels and like mm-hmm. laying it out. It's like, Oh, now I understand why this is part of the introduction. And Mm -hmm. now as a viewer, you see, I am now fully engrossed because of
2: that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So so we go to them in in a white unmarked fan because, of course... And they're handing off, but Bo- I like how they hang- hand off Bogdan to, you know, this other van. They just stop briefly. He gets knocked out and falls right into the other van. Hello,
1: friend. We are best friends, right? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: totally oh, thought sh- he wasn't <laughs> coming back, by the way. Yeah, well, we'll see. So, actually, he is also <laughs> in the Fast and Furious franchise. Yes. You know, uh, he is the guy that, uh, what's his face? Uh,
1: oh, what is his name?
2: Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah, well, yeah, Shaw is yeah. beating up a guy. Well, he's p- punching a bunch of, uh punching bag, and it turns out to be there's a guy inside that, and that guy inside there is Bogdan.
1: Hmm. IMDB specifically labels him as ba- bad guy.
0: Bad guy <laughs> <laughs>
2: bad guy, not bad guy, Oh, but bag bag guy. bad guy. <laughs> that's that's great. Anyways, so we get the full story of the mission from the beginning. They're, yeah they're in you know the Budapest train station although it's really the pro- the old section of the Prague train station they're tracking this file
3: hmm. and
2: Agent Hanaway gets killed and Sabine stole the file turns out the file had nuclear codes and w- they're suspected being stolen by an extremist a nuclear extremist name, codenamed Cobalt. This is all in the briefing, right? Uh no that's before the pre briefing pre
0: briefing yeah, okay. a nice straightforward. Why?
2: Yeah. I like that. So they drive to where the telephone booth, where Ethan is getting his mission briefing, which is in Vancouver. I've been in that in that alleyway or the <laughs> of, of underpass. Mm. I will be posting all of these photos to our social media as well after this episode gets posted, so you can see uh, all the places that I got to go, which was really cool, just to you know be in these locations. So yeah, this is in, in Vancouver. We also also get the first hint about something happening to Julia that they broke up. This was wild. They say an unsanctioned hit. Yeah, so the mission that Ethan gets is to infiltrate the Kremlin to uncover Cobalt's identity before Cobalt can get into those files and destroy them himself. Mm -hmm. And I like here that the self-destruct is not quite working, so he has to, like... Bam uh, <laughs> do some acoustic or uh, percussive maintenance. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Which is a great because because it sets up the whole fact that they're the going technology to uh, is not technology is there. not the best. Yeah, right. <laughs> and at this point in like history, like technology isn't like the technology we have now right now. Like no. you expect I have iPhone, it's going to be this thing. It's going <laughs> to always make this happen. But at this point in history, like technology is t- rapidly developing. Mm-hmm. So you never understand how good it's going to be. And this as is, an engineer, yeah. someone who grew up and built stuff, like it's like I always I always tell, like when I helped with Zach with his computer, I'm like, there's gonna might be problems. I can't predict. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's right. like today you don't get that but like back then mm-hmm. it's like you never
2: on know the flip side happen. of that though this is also you know around the time of the first iphone and this is the first time you see that's iPhones, exactly that's the problem but i mm-hmm. thought what was funny is you never see those things fail oh well, sure. yeah that was a corporate really? sponsorship well yeah and probably most likely due to you know Brad Bird's connections to Pixar and Steve Jobs.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's actually a really good point. I didn't even think about that.
0: That's the joke I always make about driverless cars. Mm. It's like, how often does your computer fail for no reason?
2: (laughs) All right, so we get to the Kremlin. Choral music, yeah, classic Russian choral music is very, very red. (laughs) Hunt for Red October. So this, this part here, at least the courtyard, and actually most of it, actually Prague Castle, which Mm. I've been to. uh, so, Ethan and Benji are in disguise, but not like a full mask. Ethan's got like a fake mustache and a fake nose. It looks pretty good. That looks like the guy, the general he's supposed to be. Uh, hmm. Agent Carter, or I'm just calling her Jane because Agent Carter just makes you think of Haley Edwell, who. <laughs> not there well, yet.
1: <laughs> well, well, we'll just leave that alone for a second. <laughs> um,
2: so, Jane is disguised as a tourist. That, and she's got, or they've got some trouble at the security checkpoint because, here we go. Actually, This is the one time where you see, not not the iPhone failing, but something with the iPhone not quite working, where the photos to get their IDs are not uploaded correctly. Mm -hmm. I like how they bluffed the guy.
1: It was very practical, Mm -hmm. which I
2: appreciate. I also like, did you notice that he introduces, like, the guard introduces himself as, like, a major, and then when he, you know, when he uh, messes up, he says, oh, it is like... You made a big this is mistake. to run it again, private, private. Igor. Yeah, run it again, private. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now he's <laughs> instantly demoted.
0: Yeah, there was some new spy stuff. Like, I liked Benji tapping his foot to let him know that it was good.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, next we get one of my favorite parts here with the projector screen. So, they have this giant screen that goes across the entire hallway, the <sighs> camera that is showing what's on the other side of it. And it also is motion tracking the uh, guard. Of, eye tracking specifically yeah, eye, eye, tracking, eye tracking which right. is great because you know yeah his perspective is gonna change at, depending on where he's looking
1: the fact that it's eye tracking rather than head tracking mm-hmm. which is beyond the technology at okay. this time
2: mm-hmm. right. and
1: beyond, beyond like
2: now maybe
1: yeah. well no 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 no, no now you can no, do it we yeah. have eye tracking devices right now what yeah. that concept of technology at that point is not what we expect because you expect like you're like okay head tracking my eye tracking makes sense but the fact that you now see understanding like okay if it's lower and you see it higher you have Mm -hmm. to Mm. reposition all that like it was such a revelation for me (laughs) as like someone who does photography Mm -hmm. and like and camera work like going oh it's not just where the head is. It's the mm-hmm. fact that you have to understand where the eye is looking and gazing. So, like, head might be, say, five, five feet up, but mm-hmm. the eye is looking even further up. So now you have to readjust all those angles. That just blew my mind. Mm. Because it also, at the same time, understanding like where like the projector screen, right, it expanded, and I was like, I own projector screens. I understand hydraulics. There's going to be a gap at the corners. Yeah, it has to be
2: that exact size. And yeah.
1: Well, it made me rethink about like what in the prior scene where they're talking about like the setup and like being very precise and all that stuff. I was like, they understand, they knew the assignment. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then at the same time, it's also like, How good do you have to be like and it's based off of a tablet, which is ridiculous. (laughs) Oh at
2: that time a tablet running that technology, that is not happening. (laughs)
1: And the fact that they had to put it in this little weird tray at the bottom. (laughs) I was like, okay, so it's not Bluetooth, but it's not also synced properly. What is happening?
0: Yeah. So it's great. This is one of the yeah. things I remembered from the movie 12 years ago, but watching it back, I was like, couldn't they just have asked the guard or just like told the guard, hey, we're going into the archive? What? Like, why did they need all that? There's only one guard. They could have even just tranquilized him. What? Question. help me!
2: <laughs> okay, you, you remember their whole thing is get in, get out, zero residual presence. That's what's uh. supposed to happen. So no one should even remember them. So no, they're not going to talk, uh, you know. Yeah.
1: So in the prior scene, okay, so I think and now I, I figure I understand where you're coming from. In the prior scene, when they're coming in, mm-hmm. they understand it's a general but they don't know which general it is because yeah. they see the stripes. They understand it. And so that's why they're like, we need to see your ID. We need to verify. It. And they say, you should know who your boss is, right? And so, like, it's because they don't actually recognize <laughs> Ethan. Like, they don't recognize the actual. They
2: general just recognize. They just know the stripes and know. Oh, I should be paying attention to this person. Whereas the, I, the guard
0: will probably sure. know the general.
2: Mm-hmm. And I mean, you don't want to take that chance, really. You just yeah. want to. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not even just. Yeah, it literally. It's just like someone is above me. I understand the rank. They they now have a conscript whatever and uh, but I have to do my job so, <laughs> so
0: there you go yeah so
1: maybe sorry. if I screw yeah. up I might get a promotion before being very diligent
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: so they use a screen to get past the door in the hallway which that leads to the archive room they get into the archives and very quickly they find that the the, the missing data tapes they're they're, they're missing. <laughs> Ooh, God, what's
1: that? He like the actual Taser, yeah, yeah. magnetic ribbon. <laughs> I
2: was like, yes. But there, any clue to Cobalt's identity is gone, and as soon as he finds that, someone is piggybacking on their comms, but also cross-transmitting it, so it's heard on both their comms and also all the radios of the Russian of the Russians.
0: So it's a trap. It's and- a trap.
2: Whoever is on the radio, piggybacking their comms, is making it sound like they're about to detonate something. So they quickly, right. very quickly abort. And I love this part where Ethan quick changes from his Russian uniform, turns it I love a double sided jacket. And out. Yeah. Yeah. And into from, you know, the Russian uniform into like a puffy jacket. Into
1: his Maverick
2: jacket. <laughs> this, this is why yeah, I wearing a Springsteen shirt. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He will appreciate it. It's a aviator's jacket.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved it.
1: Can I ask this real quest- quick question? Because, like, so in this period, they're talking about we need to be here. We need a board or we were whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. And they're classifying it as they're in the record room. But it's obviously they're not in the record room. They're in the other office all across mm-hmm. the way, right? At that point, it's kind of threw me because I was like, who's watching that hallway on top of that? <laughs> to know that they're there. Like, it's such perfect timing. I was like...
2: That's a good question of how do they know that that's where they would actually be to...
1: I understood that the fact that is they expected someone to come into that room, right? But mm-hmm. it's the fact that the timing was so... Perfect. And they were in the other room doing a completely different phase of their mission. That's
2: true. Yeah. And we I didn't talk about that. We see a, a man, you know, Europe, European man, middle aged, mm. carrying a case and who like nods to Ethan as he's leaving. I didn't
0: have a problem with that. It. It's a movie. It's all good. It's and you movie. had
2: a problem with the screen. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with that. It was just an observation.
3: <laughs> uh,
2: okay all right fair uh, enough fair enough uh, thinks he gets away got away you know he's he even throws on a pair of glasses and is like pretends to be a tourist and then the kremlin explodes and he is running to try to skip the explosion but he gets caught up in it
0: it's like a 9-11 style explosion yeah.
2: <laughs> so he wakes up in the hospital and i like here how the subtitles are as he's like waking up they're all in russian at first because he doesn't quite understand but as he gains a bit more of his consciousness and they suddenly change into English letters because he can remember and listen and hear Russian.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there's a couple of weird things here. Like you think the nurse is like on his side and there's a part where someone bumps into the cop and it makes it seem like there's more going on. But no I, I thought that was well, I like
2: that. So yeah that we have meet this inspector uh, who I I've just called inspector in my notes. Hmm Who's you know, the Russian, you know, police who's in charge of, you know, finding out what Ethan knows.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> but I like, I, well, I like that it was, you know, he was trying to be very cool and very, you know, threatening. And the nurse just undercuts him immediately. So I like that. That was basically what that was, a character beat. Mm-hmm. Totally. And here we get, you know, Ethan stealing a paperclip from the file
3: mm-hmm. to
2: uh, pick a lock, as we talked about in our Dead Reckoning
3: Oh gosh! I yeah.
2: love when they do this in movies, and also that is, it is Every... a way that you can get out of handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets out of his handcuffs, goes out the window, and I like this moment between the inspector and it's Ethan, where it's so like, <laughs> you know, he's Why? like, you oh, know, the he's out there. Guy? There's nowhere no. to go, and you know, they have this good byplay of like, you know, not a good idea, huh? No, seemed like one a minute ago. And I
1: appreciate it be- mainly because it under like it's an understatement of recognizing that the detective is actually h- intelligent enough to understand situational perspectives of mm-hmm. what's happening. So he mm-hmm. understands this guy's uh, international spy. He's had, <laughs> but not even not even at that level. Just understanding that. Like being able to piece together context and isn't quite the peer or necessarily at the same level, but understanding the fact that this person can piece together relatively quickly what is Ethan, happening.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and is definitely not the equal, but can be sufficiently intelligent or sufficiently contextually. Mm -hmm. perceptive to understand that he has to think outside of the box, right? Because this plays into later, right? So, what just happened? Oh! And then just trying to piece it all together and quickly and being very adaptable, which Mm -hmm. is very it's going to end up being obviously key to the later pieces of the movie, but it's just the fact that it sets it up in such a very simplistic way Mm Mm-hmm. But when you actually think about it, you're like, why would he think that? And then you realize, oh, okay. And then later on, it makes a big, deeper connection.
0: He's still, I don't know if he's a worthy adversary for Ethan now.
2: So I like here, yeah, you know, Ethan is about to come back in. A van comes by, and Ethan looks up and realizes, oh, wait, there's a wire here. I can zip line across to the van. He does it, and there's this moment of once he actually does it, like shock on his face, like, wait, I did this, and he looks up at the guard, the inspector is like, you see, I did that, and he says, guys, like you did that, and then realized, oh wait, I'm supposed to catch you. I have a hmm. gun. I'm gonna co- get, come after to you. you.
1: The no. fact that when he does it, and they, and you see the pan of the face of like. What is happening? Wait, I thought you we, I was going to get a promotion. Like, you can see, like, the, the, the thought wheels process. Turning, yeah. of, uh, and then, like, oh, I'm so sorry, buddy.
2: <laughs> Ethan, you know, get, runs out of there and steals a, a leather jacket off of someone's clothes drying. Which, who is washing and drying a leather jacket? Maybe it's pleather. Um,
1: many people i mean when you're taking care of leather jackets you're doing like the overhaul but then the interior is typically another I material guess. so you want yeah. to wash it's that, a, that a so a like you dry it
2: that's a fair point
1: i mean when i wash my cosplays and the outside is pleather but the interior is uh, satin yeah. or something else i have to wash both sides
2: very differently Fair point. All right, all right. I I, I rescind my mm. comment then.
1: Also, my dad has a dry cleaner. He had a dry cleaner. So, mm. like, it was all basically one thing. But then, like, I also understood that he screwed up a lot of material. <laughs> things. Like, I'd be like, hey, that's two different things you need to work about. So.
2: Yeah, so he also steals a pair of boots uh, from, like, a, someone selling something at, like, a thrift market or something.
1: How do right. you find the that?
2: Size. I mean, I assume it's a that movie. He, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, it's just something to have on his feet, if it, even if it doesn't, you know, fit him quite right. Yeah.
1: But that's all, also the thing, because then we see the fact that he traveled for a long period. <laughs> I have walked in uh, boots yes. that are one size too uh, big. Uh, the uh, amount mm. of mm. that
2: he I He doesn't had. even have socks sock. on. He didn't steal socks.
1: Oops. Yes. That's the worst part. And he's wearing a pleather slash leather
2: hoodie with no shirt on, so it's just sticking to him. No Uh. shirt. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, More importantly, he steals a cell phone, sets up a meet, and goes to a rendezvous point. And when he gets to that rendezvous point, he gets into the car and the secretary of the IMF is in there. And also Mm -hmm. um, his chief analyst. Brent. Played by Jeremy yes. Renner. How do you guys feel about Jeremy Renner?
0: I really enjoy Jeremy. Yeah. I,
2: I think there. it's okay. a little bit, I feel bad for him sometimes because he had two different spy franchises that he thought he was going to be. I should have. He was going lead, to take over. This and Born, mm. and, you know, he never actually did. But hey, he's got Hawkeye. Yeah, he's got <laughs> franchises of yeah. the
1: Wazoo. Wow. He had Hawkeye. Uh
2: oh. Aww. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Hawkeye and Hawkeye. It's what, that's how it is. In Hawkeye movies.
1: Residuals. <laughs> I mean, he had Mission Impossible. <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah.
1: that, he keeps missing it. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I was thoroughly ho- happy when he showed up. And I was like, Jeremy Renner, when I saw the movie, I was like, this is a character that I can see taking over the franchise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he played the part very well, very differently. Mm-hmm but very well that I was very happy and be like I would trust the rest of the franchise.
2: Interesting. Then. All right. So here we get the return of Ethan Hunt's drawing skills. We saw it last time in um 3 when he's drawing uh, on like and on of the building on the window and yes. like doing the math. Here he sketches out um three sketches. <laughs> I timed it. <laughs> Was great Three How fast seconds fast he, draws that he
1: face. has a perfect
2: face. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, as an artist, uh, I
0: can't do uh-uh. that. So it was cool not only that he had the description in his brain as the' only write it down, but then Jeremy Renner was able to immediately, Ram, excuse, was able to immediately well, identify him. But he him.
2: says, your sketch is crude. He's like, that's not crude. I can show you a crude sketch. <laughs> that is not mm. a crude sketch.
0: Haven't
1: worked in court systems. Oh. That's pretty That's fucking weird. clear. <laughs> yeah. Witness testimony at that point.
2: Anyway, so, yes, he's able to identify it, and it's apparently Kurt Hendricks, who is Cobalt. And is at Cobalt. this point, we find out that the secretary, or the president, has initiated ghost protocol, which means that the entire IMF has been disavowed. And the, Okay. Yes?
0: Excuse me. I have a question. All right. If the IMF knows that Kurt Hendricks is Cobalt, then why do they break into the Kremlin? Because I thought the reason why they broke into the Kremlin was to no, find the, Cobalt. They infamy. don't
2: know that he is Cobalt. It's here that Ethan connects that he's... They know who Kurt Hendricks is, they but suspect. they don't necessarily know who, that he's Cobalt. Okay. So Ethan here has connected the two for them.
1: Yeah, it's literally the fact that they're trying to piece together the pieces. Yeah. But it's... Hearsay or not? Well,
0: yeah, no. He went into the Kremlin to find out who he was, and he did, but not in the way yeah. you'd expect.
2: No, right, Jay? Yes. Mm-hmm. The pre- yeah, president has initiated Ghost Protocol, and so they're basically shut down, except for you know a a cache of weapons and gear that the secretary has conveniently overlooked. And I like how he's <laughs> telling us, you know, there's nothing you can do unless you were to attack us and go to this cache that I forgot exists. And
1: (laughs) if you attack us and suddenly become enemy number one, (laughs) and you understand that you know very specific hotspots of, we won't track you at, (laughs) which is really so, but that's the biggest thing, right? So it's like,
2: well, they can't even track it because the entire IMF is shut down.
1: (laughs) Right. One, it's one, it's shut down. But it's also the fact that the IMF doesn't know where specific caches (laughs) of weapons and all that other stuff is. And it's only because the secretary knows specifically. So it's very interesting because at this point, it's we're going to disavow you Mm. and all your team and everything else it would be such a shame if you contacted these two people <laughs> that you happen to know, right? And um, and I I I don't know what else to say.
2: I like how this all of this part. Uh, Brandt is like, sir. Uh, maybe you shouldn't say, this. right? So
0: I liked how. So I know the joke is Ethan Hunt always goes rogue in every movie, but this Except time he goes rogue with permission, mm-hmm. which is nice. But unlike...
2: Is it really going rogue, then?
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I do kind of feel like... Uh, <laughs> I mean, <there> is protocol. <laughs> yeah.
1: Everyone is now rogue, so everyone is fully... V- which is kind of interesting, because then you're like, if everyone is now considered rogue, is
0: anyone considered Well, rogue? I get the impression everyone else in the IMF just goes home. They don't what keep home? going. What life? I don't know. I mean, whatever. <laughs> but,
2: yeah. But anyway, so in the midst of all this there's an attack on the car and mm-hmm. the secretary is killed. They go over a bridge and into the water. They get shot at and Ethan uses a flare on a body underwater to get them to chase the body and they escape. And in the next scene, Brand is like, that shouldn't
0: have worked. <laughs> no.
1: Right. Which just interesting because now, because right off the bat, one, it's meant to throw you off that, that, Brant is not an agent or anything else.
0: Uh, Brant is just a what? stooge. What? A stooge? Right. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's smart.
1: No. At this point he's a stooge. He doesn't understand what people think and he doesn't understand what agents do. Right. Two, it also establishes like the fact that Hunt understands what to do when he's stuck under water. Mm-hmm. Which is a big thing that comes into later <laughs> episodes, yeah. right? So, like, he's learning, he's like evolving, <laughs> he's figuring out when a sh- when a car goes into the water, what do I do? Okay, so this worked this one time. I throw a flare out, and it, uh, and Brent asking the questions. This should not have worked, but it's also understanding this slowly teaching you in this period specifically. Agent Hunt has an innate ability to understand the human condition, mm-hmm. right? And it's not because it's like he under- as a spy, he just goes, when you see a shiny, you go for the shiny. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. it's slow, and it's starting off, and I mean uh, this part, what it's Mission Impossible for mm-hmm. at this point, mm-hmm. right? So like, you're seeing, like, this slow evolution. We've talked about this earlier. And if you haven't, please listen to the other episode that I'm part of. Thank you very much. And all the other Mission Impossible episodes that we've talked about where I talk about the fact that, like, every episode he's learning more and more and more. Like, you don't see it. He has a wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. But, like, every time he's, like, he experiments and he just tries to figure out what else he can do to
2: survive. <laughs>
1: Which then, in this part, because at this point, isn't this when, like, everyone assumed Jeremy Renner was
2: going to yep, take over? Yeah, that is what everyone thought.
1: So, at this point, it was like, the master is teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, this is going to be the phase where Jeremy Renner learns he can't play by the books. <laughs> so, like, at this point, I was think when I first watched this in the theater, I was like, this is where Jeremy Renner understands he can't follow the manual, mm. and this is going to be the point where Jeremy Renner suddenly becomes like this badass,
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. So they make their way to the tra- the cash, which is in a train car. I like how. The the design of it was not well thought out by you know the text at IMF where they, you know where they have to the, put the scanner because there's all these like scaffolding things going. I, see, a green. I <laughs> see green. I see green. I see green. Yeah. So once that you get in though, Benji and Jane are also inside the cache. We get a video of Hendrix, who seems like yeah he's a nuclear uh, extremist. extremist. I like yeah. that a lot.
0: there should be four movies where the villain is a nuclear extremist. Wow. <laughs> what? <Well. laughs> That's I
1: like the fact that you're so adamant that you love the fact <laughs> that he's a nuclear.
0: Screamer. Well, do you want to like T.J. because it was different? My practically my my go-to thing I always say, but it's true.
2: They connect the stolen codes that they have that uh, Sabine had with mm. the football that uh Cobalt has, and figure out all right. So he's he plans to detonate it somehow. So let's we need to stop him. We need to stop him from getting the codes. Yes. And so we find out that uh, Cobalt is sending one of his goons, Wistrom, to get the codes in Dubai. So they have to get to Dubai. Mm-hmm. I like the drive. I like the camels. That was funny.
1: I like the whole train scene. Because like, then you understand. Because then he explains it's ghost protocol. They're by themselves. And everyone's like, oh no. And then they're like, <laughs> Miscellaneously they touch something and pump like oh no and then you see the mask machine, then you see the guns, all that stuff. Like it was very cute to see, like it's very specific. This train car hits every other movie, right? (laughs) So you get the mask, you get the guns, you get the it hits every prior movie, like all the technology. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you understand the fact that it's a conglomerate of Prior tech, it doesn't have anything mm-hmm. to address anything in the future, mm-hmm. it's strictly the
2: it's, it's the leftovers that people forgot about,
1: yeah, exactly. Because, in theory, you think at this point when I watched it, I was like,
2: Jim, Randy's gonna
1: take on, <laughs> and the movie, the franchise is gonna go, so there's possibly future tech, uh, but no, it's, it's just, just strictly
2: stuff. We've, some of the stuff we've seen before. We've
1: only seen before, and it's or that level activated, yeah. And and it's not even like super secure. (laughs) Like Jeremy Renner just leans up, and then all these guns show up, and you're like, "Oh, this is just a piece of crap train car (laughs) from like 20 years ago." Okay, they are literally running bare bones.
0: What did you guys think about the part where Ethan says, "You all can walk away if you want," and Jeremy Renner kind of makes a motion? Like he's going to? Oh, I didn't notice that.
2: Oh, that's did you notice that,
1: Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't notice the first time I watched it, but I noticed it after the fact. Yeah, I like how he plays where he puts his gaze mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So he looks over at companions, and then he looks, and it seats for a split second longer on Ethan, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then him saying, "I'm, I'm in." Like it, like, it plays very differently now that I know it. But initially, like I was like, oh, I mean, he's a spy. He obviously, not, when he says he's in, it's because he wants to make the world a better place. But like, <laughs> after the fact, I was like, it made me replay them multiple times okay. and going, oh,
2: yeah, So, they go to the Burj Khalifa, which is where the meet is going to happen, and... So their whole plan is that they're gonna have the two they're gonna split up the two but the buyer and the seller and eat, and have members of their team stand in for them and interact with them without them actually never knowing that they weren't meeting the real person. so they're gonna have it on two different floors. This feels like it's right out of the TV show <laughs> this this premise. I mean, this is the kind of yeah, this kind of stuff that they would have in the TV show or even like yeah, the first movie they would have stuff like they had stuff like this.
1: Mm-hmm. Which, surprisingly, the simplicity of it works so much better. Mm-hmm. Except for the, the one thing the only thing is the fact that they moved the rooms by one door over. No,
2: so I I don't think that's what it was. I think they moved they had different floors. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they had two yeah. floors, right?
1: Mm-hmm. But it also when I've watched it one yeah. and two and the second time, it looked like they were trying to transfer over one door, which threw me off. But like it made more sense when I first watched it, and I assumed that they were just transferring from like that number and just adding in yeah, that number uh, to make it the floor over, right? So, like, when I watched it again this time, I was like, it really looks like they're moving 112 to
2: 110. this up.
1: And I got really confused, <laughs> and then I was like, am I? I don't think I
2: drank. <laughs>
1: But I think I'm Uh, drunk because I think this is weird.
2: Hmm. I'm pulling it up now because I'm very curious about it.
1: It just didn't feel right.
0: I didn't notice. But you know, something I did notice around this part is someone uses the old iPhone timer where it's like a (laughs) scroll wheel. Oh, yeah. I was like, I remember that.
2: So the other wrinkle in this whole situation is that they need to access the elevators so that they think they're going to the correct floors. But elevator controls are behind next-gen firewalls. All right, hold on. I'm at the scene. It goes from one nineteen <laughs> to
1: hmm. Oh, block it. I'm trying to to pull 18, it right what? Now, oh
2: wait, wait. One nineteen to one eighteen. G. Right. All right. This is very confusing. Why would they? It's so confusing. Why would they, did they just? Huh. What if we're wrong? It's super what if we're confusing. wrong? It's not two different floors. It's just two rooms next no, to each other. No, it's others.
1: specifically No, no. It's supposed so. There are two different that's floors. why I got very confused. I think they screwed up in post.
2: Ah, they definitely did. Wow, I've never caught this. That's fascinating.
1: Because so I think they screwed up in post because in the final production you see the fact that oh, the actual movie, I think Initially, the plan was they were supposed to be next to each other. But in the actual movie, you can see the fact that they're identical in a parallel vertical perspective, rather than a room next to each other, and that's why they can have each other running at the same time, like the con running simultaneously. So I don't think most people like I don't think it's been addressed before because.
2: And I've listened to multiple commentaries either both by filmmakers and other people on this film or even just talking about, it. I don't know that no, I've never heard this before. I've never noticed it.
1: So the thing is, so when you watch it, so if you have a room side by side, specifically suites, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to be identical.
2: No, no, they won't. No, it'd be, it but should, it should be If you're forced.
1: underneath each other, they are precisely mm-hmm. identical, mm-hmm. which also plays into the fact that they have to Wait, For very precise moments of the conversation, Mm -hmm. and then it can superimpose each other. So this is why I was like, "Oh, wait, they're not next to each other because then they all because in theory, when you watch it, it almost looks like they're interacting at the like they come on at the Mm -hmm. same time onto the very well cut yeah
2: between right, and that's
1: why the elevator trick is super important. Otherwise the elevator trick would mean nothing.
2: So let's go back because we, uh, we skipped ahead a little bit, but we got to talk about what they do to get the elevator.
0: You no, know, Before we do that, I have one last observation. The first is when we see them go from one floor to another, they go down the steps. Uh-huh. And okay, I feel like they okay, have to so be so on separate se- floors. Yeah, right. or else They might see each
2: other. Yeah. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, Christian, please carry so,
2: on. yeah. They can't get in. They need to hack into the elevators, but they can't because it's about behind, behind a giant firewall. And they can't go through, like, Ethan names all these other ways, all right, you know, to get up however many, I think it's 11 stories and seven over. Mm -hmm. So It's (coughs) amazing. You know, you can't do vents, you can't do internal stairways, you got it. So you've got to go from the outside. How is he going to do it? Gecko gloves. And so Ethan Hunt's going to climb up the side of the Burj Khalifa, which, of course, Tom Cruise did in real life.
0: Yes. yes so i have a lot to say about this part oh let's do it, oh, oh, let's do it. okay so i know we we're going to bring up the dead drop again this is the last time i will try to do so but i told christian i think this scene is the best and the worst thing that ever happened to the mission impossible series
1: intriguing since mm. i haven't been part of that dead drop i'm very
0: curious okay so it's the best part because it's amazing okay well we'll get into why it's amazing shortly Now, it's the worst part because now people are like, okay, what comes next? How are you going to top it? And I feel like this scene is still as yet unsurpassed in any movie I've ever seen, including a Mission Impossible movie. But That's my opinion.
2: Really? That's Mm -hmm. what I said.
0: Here's why. First of all, it goes on for a long time. (laughs) It goes on and on and on. You get to really savor the emotions of it. There's emotional highs and lows. So, like, okay. he's climbing, and then you see a sandstorm, and you're like, oh, my God, is he going to have to climb in a sandstorm? But No, he doesn't. It's okay. But then the glove fails. You're like, oh, my gosh, the glove fails. But then, okay, he's okay again. But then you're like, well, is the other glove going to fail? It could fail at any moment. So then he gets in, and then he, like, barely gets in. And then when he comes back down, he can't do it.
2: It's just, it's just great. Okay. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with all of those. That is, mm. you know, it it is very well done. I also I saw this in IMAX, and they got up to the window. That's when the transition happens, where you, the screen unfolds mm. more, and so you get to see that full four three presentation. I believe is the IMAX. Actually, I don't remember what the aspect ratio is. I think it's four three. It's right. four three. Yeah, but it's so and just the look down, which. I mean, I've experienced a similar look down when I went skydiving, just looking down over as you're open through the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> he's making an old look at me face. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the kind of reaction I like of when I say these things. When Zach, I react, tell these things to Zach, oh, I went in a helicopter. I, he's like, oh, well, you never catch me doing that. That's right. <laughs> um, I
1: kind of wish this was a video version. <laughs>
2: Know, but seeing it on IMAX and seeing that look down with the in the the huge ratio gave me almost the same kind of mm. you know butterflies in my stomach that looking out of an actual airplane as I'm going out of it gave me. So that was so well done.
0: It provokes a lot of emotions, usually terror.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I also enjoy that one. Yeah, he you know the glove failure again, the technology failing, and I also enjoy, another aspect of, aspect of that is that when he gets his laser out to cut. It's not a perfect circle like you always see in these movies. it is a jaggedy you know not quiet circle and then of course the laser fails too
3: <laughs>
1: yeah I appreciate the fact that the laser uh, the glove after he throws it off <laughs> blows back higher than them because, it's because the, yeah, yeah because the thing is when you throw pennies off the Empire State Building yeah typically the the thing is you under the penny ends up in the net just at the same height or higher than you because of the because of the way the wind gusts up because it hits the building and then pushes everything up so like physically and physics style everything that you throw at a certain level always goes higher than you so for me it made it more realistic positive Mm. because i was like oh yeah no that should have ended up <laughs> higher the fact that it ended up on the building is a whole different story but like mm. the fact that it ended up higher it was like because that's why that's the reason why they don't have uh, netting on off of the Empire State building at a cer- after Just a certain a- level because after a certain level everything gets shoved up mm. so that was like oh that's such a nice small detail that most people will understand exactly. or they'll get confused why is the glove here <laughs> and they'll might get interested in learning about physics hey learn about physics it's great
0: kids, um, cool kids I also liked it because it was comedy to go along with all the other emotions that they're experiencing <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: the other thing is like after climbing we already seen that the glove kind of sort of wasn't the best. And you don't know which glove it is. So mm-hmm. it could be both gloves. it could be one. <laughs> and then like as he's as they even he then sets himself up and then he leans back and is doing the whole uh, Oh my god thing. Uh. It's like <laughs> what? and he has both hands off? You're like
3: Yeah You don't <laughs> need both
1: hands to use a <laughs> laser cutter. What is wrong with you? You have a uh, laser cutter. Use one hand. <laughs> and then and when then it fails. And then you get the whole smashing Smash. up against the That's glass so good. and you're watching the hands and you're watching the hands flip Ooh. up and <laughs>
0: up in a
1: rotation.
0: Yeah. Just uh, like you're like I was waiting for it to fail. The other yeah, glove to yeah, fail.
2: One
1: hundred percent he's going out.
2: <laughs> oh, 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 but he manages to just get in, crash through it, just to get it
1: right, get in uh, and get out. And you're like, could I hold my hand in that right position? And mm. Like it mm. made me really think about it. Like, going, okay, mm. so if I'm kicking, can I hold my hand steady enough nah. to not do the spider grip slide motion? Uh, and I was like, so I, think I, <laughs> I think I can. I think I can. It's not a rolling motion. Well, the rolling motion like,
2: is to release. You don't want to do well, that. That's the thing.
1: Yeah. So, like, you're rotating yeah. out and then rotating. So, in theory, it should be a rolling motion. All these but head I was like,
2: motions are great for a podcast. Right. <laughs> and I'm like,
1: I think I could do it. I think I'd be okay.
2: I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And well, the fact that he's just wearing regular sneakers. Are hmm. they? Were they were not climbing shoes? I don't think he's wearing it's not it's climbing shoes.
0: I also noticed when he smashes through into the server room, he goes through the door and then just falls directly down onto the glass. So yeah. it, it should have like cut him in half.
2: Well that's wow. average your average movie thing. You know, yeah, it's soft. a movie thing, it it's like so ow. It's a the trope, soft glass. So he doesn't even have the toe gripping that you no! get from a Climbing shoes. You don't no, want the sneakers.
1: what? Yeah. you don't want the toe gripping climbing shoes when you're climbing a rock because they have a less surface area. So you mm. want Converse. But the fact that you can—it's such a weird demo. It's a very weird place where you actually want converse versus running shoes versus right. climbing shoes because mm-hmm. the grip of it will make more sense yeah. but the fact of the rotation and everything else <laughs> now it suddenly throws me out because I was like mm. oh I'm good I'm good wait <laughs> no I'm not good anymore <laughs> the fact that it's converse because converse also has like that weird little circle at the top
2: oh. of the heel <laughs> so I was like
1: oh that's the suction point he's good He's mm. so good, <laughs> but yeah, it's such a yeah. weird place.
2: I will say though, I do remember that he does actually wear real climbing shoes in Mission Impossible Two when he's rock yes. climbing. Yes,
1: one hundred percent, which totally makes sense. That
2: makes sense exactly. But here, that's that's funny. I in my mind, it was always he's wearing climbing shoes, but no. It so he gets he gets to the <laughs> server. He actually get they get control of the elevators, and then he has to get back down. But of course, his gloves are broken, so he grabs this spool of.
0: This is amazing too. I don't even know what
2: cable or something <laughs> uses it as a rope to come down but of course it's too short so he has to use you know jump over the other to the other end of the building and uses momentum to swing over into the window hits his head on the top of the window almost falls out Brant grabs him Jane grabs Brant and it's this whole struggle of him trying to get back in the in the window it's gr- it great it's great. Yeah. it's great it's so cathartic
1: <laughs> is it cathartic? Why is it cathartic?
2: Cathartic that it's done once it's yeah. when he comes back in, it's cathartic. You feel that release of just oh, you, you've been you don't realize you've been holding your breath this entire time, but you have, mm. and now yeah. you can relax. Right, everything is fine. I, and there's a nice comedic bit too because Benji had to take over doing all of the room changes that don't make no sense now that we've thought about it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, but I also like the fact that like this whole time that. Ethan is out there. There's like all this other activity and then mm-hmm. so like when you said it's cathartic like that whole stress build up is like there's other things happening that you're like is this also going to feel it's not just on Ethan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah that's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's the, the worst part the is the that he can't even control everything. There's the yeah there's Benji changing all of those things out and then you know coming in looking exhausted like wow i tell you that was not easy after ethan was just outside the building
0: <laughs> yeah one last comment about that have you guys seen free solo
2: no it's on my right? list i want to watch that but I also know it's super intense. Well,
0: the emotions you feel
2: watching this scene, you will feel
0: again. Oh, I'm sure you will. Watch <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You
1: will feel it.
2: I assure you, yes. Yeah. We, they get everything ready for the meeting. Brandt is going to be wearing a, co- a contact lens, which can, you know, see a piece of paper, take a, fo- take a photo of it, and then scramble the numbers so that he can take a photo at, of the codes, scramble them, and it'll print out into the case that the person on the other floor will have.
0: So they're not giving them the real codes, no. right? So we see
1: the technology early on, but we don't understand what it is. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning of the movie, yeah, Hanaway has the contact, and we don't understand how he suddenly knows that there's an assassin. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't explain it. So now we get the full definition and the full explanation of what this technology technology is. We only see the contact, we and mm-hmm. it's weird, multifaceted.
2: Yeah, it's got right. like a grid pattern on it or something, yeah.
1: So, like, it, it's nice because now they finally actually explain some of the technology. <laughs> but yeah. it also underst- it also explains the fact that why it's so obvious when you know what you're looking for.
2: Despite mm-hmm. yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
2: so it being spiced off. Yeah, at this point also we get the mask machine breaking down, which I, I like that. It was interesting that it was also a dual mask. You had two masks printing at once on the same thing. Not sure how that really works, but you know, <laughs> it looked cool.
1: The way I, when I looked at it, I was like, "What?" And then I was like, okay, so they're going to slice it down. And then they're probably going to die here, right? Uh, That's yeah. how I initially thought about it. But then when I watched it again, I was like, no, because then every mask covers all the hair. So how does this work and i got really angry <laughs> oh,
0: no don't get angry this is the
2: movie
1: i was like because if Maybe it cuts it off expands. at a certain point
2: i don't know i don't know
1: i was like because it's not like it's a full ear either it's like a it half it was just and half. The
2: front of the face really yeah
1: right so then you're like
2: yeah, this, this is the one work. that makes the least sense of the masks the mask like, <laughs> The... Yes, it
1: makes it so much easier to carry
2: around, uh,
1: and I guess you can have spare ears somewhere. Like do we, ears? we
2: don't see a mask maker in five. I think we we see it in three, four, six, and seven. Mm.
1: Uh yeah, no, you're right because yeah, yeah. yeah. because but, I and my assumption was because. It, didn't work so they <laughs> took a pause that's how yeah. I right but yeah no it, it actually may be angry <laughs> because like why why are you doubling it up it doesn't make
0: any
2: <laughs> sense but it looks cool yeah. it does I mean it, it looks cool but it, it fails anyway so th- so they have to realize they have to go without they, they're playing a risky game now of hoping that Wistrom and Sabine have never met which well, not even never met never googled each other's pictures
0: yeah, the IMF I mean, would, a okay,
2: one's an international assassin. Uh-huh. The other is a goon for a nuclear extremist. Do you really think they're on Google?
0: Well, not, okay, not on Google, but they should have their ways of knowing who the should people they? they're meeting should are. They? the IMF should they? can?
1: Well, no, but that's the whole point of being a spy. You have no presence. Mm. Right? right? So yeah, no yeah, one understands. I mean, otherwise even... Ethan would have been fucking detected immediately any mission he went on.
2: Mm, an interesting concept. <laughs> mm, bem, bem, bem. We'll get to that later.
1: <laughs> yeah, bam, bam, bam. But, at, I mean, <clears> also, I mean, at this point in time, it's 2011. It's at the beginning of, like, real social media. Oh, like, yeah.
2: Well, yeah. So we don't have... Facebook was around to 24, it's it so it's was, in 2004. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't what it was yet. Really. I mean,
1: Facebook started, but I mean, it wasn't...
2: It wasn't open to everyone until... It maybe, wasn't it was open nine, until
1: 2000
2: maybe. and... Maybe 10? Somewhere around there was when it got opened up to everyone. 2009, 2008,
1: 2009, when it okay. started to be opened up. But even then, it was supposed to be that you were... Supposed to be a college student,
2: or you had the until like yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: until 2010, 2011. So this so is was, like, yeah, it was right around the this beginning.
2: time. Yeah, you're right. Okay, that's interesting. Right. Yeah, that's a good point too. But yeah, um, you do not know who they are for the scene to work, which it does. Yeah. yeah. So the, I like this here. We talked about it a little bit before that you know there's a mirroring of the two scenes. They have all this great camera move where it moves from one floor down to the next. It was so mm. good. <laughs> But also at this, but before that happens, actually, let me. I just got to clarify that. Wist, they find that Wistram has someone who can authenticate the codes, so they realize, all right, they're going to immediately know that it's the codes are fake if we yeah. use this. So they have to reprogram the case, which of course Benji or not Benji uh, Brandt has thoughts about, and
3: hmm. it comes
2: around to realizing, you know, that even if they fail here. They can get code another way, and they would be in the wind after that.
1: I assumed that the code validator would have validated anything. Anything.
2: That's the thing. But they don't know that. Right. Because they don't know that he's, you know, they've got his family hostage.
1: Right, right. So I was like, well, that seems like a little extra. You just have to hope that this person is a good human being and... Mm talk to them. and
0: It'll be fun, <laughs> yeah. right? It was definitely yeah. interesting that they had to adapt when they only have a person here to give them the...
2: Mm-hmm. They'll know it's fake. They reprimand the case. They have the meeting and the contact lens is transmitting to the printer that's in the case that Jane has on the other floor as she's meeting with Rio Wistrom. Um, and as everything is going to plan except Sabine notices the contact in Brent's eye after the deal is done. So they have a big fight. She also notices him blinking, and I really like that. In too many movies,
0: the world-famous international assassin is kind of dumb (laughs) and easily falls for whatever they're planning to do to them, and not her. Mm -hmm. I
2: took the wrong moment to take a bite of cake. So for our listeners, yeah, we can keep this in because this is related. So for my birthday, my wife made me a version of the Tom Cruise cake, the coconut white chocolate cake that Tom oh. Cruise sends to everyone who works with, uh, he works with, or even people he worked with a long time ago, like Kirsten back in Interview with a Vampire. So I figured, well, I figured it appropriate as I'm recording it, I just had a little piece of cake, but I took the wrong moment to eat a bite and so that's what that silence was there the
1: right moment
2: (laughs) it's mission impossible Uh, season the most wonderful time mm, of the year oh yes yes but no my wife amazing this cake is so good nice
1: before we continue on (laughs) i just want to back up for a hot second sure when the car goes into the water
2: oh that all the way back there okay (laughs) Uh uh-huh
1: knowing what we know now at the time i was like oh oh crap they're gonna breathe they'll be fine they're gonna send this thing but knowing now I was like are they not gonna breathe the wa- air from the tire <laughs> <laughs> and I got mad that they didn't breathe the air from the tire
2: funny I mean that is it is a, it is a thing that is possible to do if you guys like a thing a- they would do it a movie mm-hmm. well that's the
1: thing it's mm-hmm. been done in movies recent since that time so I was like and like my brain like Repositioned it, and I thought that was the moment. That that's what I
2: thought. You thought that they did that, then, so when and they did it, you were thought, like, uh,
1: "I funny. learned this technique."
2: <laughs> nope. And I was, was like, it? "I I found that out from MythBusters."
1: Yeah, yeah, and I thought it came <laughs> from this movie, <laughs> and I got mad that it didn't happen
2: here. I was like, "Oh yeah. no!" Right. So back to the movie. We have Sabine seeing the contact. So there's a big fight. We see that Brant's actually got some skills in fighting, which is confusing because he's just an analyst. Well, Ethan reacts (laughs) to this later. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: But at the same time, like, I didn't think twice when I first watched it. I didn't Mm -hmm. think twice
2: about it because I was like, Yeah, because it's Jeremy Renner and he's done action. Well, this is
1: before I knew Jeremy Renner as an action
2: person. Oh, I guess I I just just assumed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I just assumed that. You work for the IMF, IMF and you get. You that know how to do things.
2: But would you expect right. Benji to do that as a as a technician? Well,
1: Benji has done not necessarily that not
2: quality. Yet. No, yeah.
1: But like, can handle enough.
0: Let's, let's face it, Simon Pegg is no Jeremy Renner, just in the way what? he carries himself. Hold on, have you seen Hot
2: Fuzz? Because he can fight in that movie. Yeah,
1: one hundred percent. Oh yeah. Well, that's the other thing. So like, but we also. We've learned, we've watched his progression Progression, in this movie, mm -hmm. so we understand that he came from outside and all this other stuff. The fact that Jeremy Renner is an IMF person Mm and analyst doesn't he's not a tech person, he's an analyst, analyst, so it's a different role. So I was like, Yeah, okay, obviously, he knows. He's with the secretary, so obviously mm, uh, one point. on one. So he should yeah. probably be able to be able to at least take a bullet, mm-hmm. which unfortunately he does not, which is
3: such a <laughs> drawback.
2: So in addition to this, you know, Sabine is getting away. So Jane goes after her. They have this big fight, which was pretty brutal.
3: Uh-huh. And
2: at the end of it, Jane kicks her out of the open window from when they were climbing up, or when they had Ethan climbing up, and she. Falls maybe, and then comes back up. I don't know, Jay. Well, what, what would the physics say? <laughs>
1: the gravity, the mass gravity pull would push be, pull them. It'd down. be
2: too much for her. Yeah, yeah. a person's yeah. too heavy for that. <laughs> as this is going on, Ethan is going after Rid- Whitstrom, who is running away, and as he's ca- catch, I'm about to catch up with him. The inspector, the Russian inspector, arrives and is. You know, finds him and is about to catch him when Ethan starts running.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And
2: there's so much running. Lots of running here.
1: So much.
2: Runs and runs, yeah. Running into the sandstorm. The only thing that would have made this better if is if as they were running, this old radio that they see as they're, like, you know, grabbing scarves and headphones, or not headphones, goggles or whatever, mm-hmm. just start playing Sandstorm by Darude.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. i did like how the the sandstorm they saw in the background comes back yeah it's a Chekhov yeah. sandstorm sure it's sort of like the Chekhov's open window <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and i actually like it because in reality Typically, when you see a stamp storm out of the distance, you don't actually understand how quickly they come.
2: Mm, upon it. Mm-hmm.
1: So, like the I mean, even Benji
2: says, "Oh, that's so far away." So far, you don't yeah, have to worry about which it.
1: Which is a very typical American perspective, <laughs> right? Except so you he's don't understand.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> well, I mean, Western perspective. Western, I mean. Western but, yeah.
1: yeah. Let's do the Western. Yeah, <laughs> perspective. like they don't understand like how quickly or how devastating these can mm. be. So it's such a great moment of. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It's just sand. Oh, God. It's not just <laughs> sand. Oh, I'm dying.
2: <laughs> Anakin Skywalker's worst nightmare.
0: It is a nice way to mix up your standard car chase and foot chase.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, they have to grab, like, scarves from these stands to tie over their face because they don't want to be choking on sand. Ethan pulls the goggles out the had before. Woodstrom grabs some, some, like, sunglasses or something.
1: Yep. Speaking of, how good is it that Ethan gets to keep those goggles, <laughs> his glasses? Did you think anything about that? Like Mm-mm. if I were a security detail and someone shows up with like it... these goggles, I'll be like That's weird. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should question them. But they're like, <laughs> oh, "Ah, yeah, it's fine, I mean, whatever. the thing
2: is though, they're also Oakley, so they just look like sunglasses. Stupid Oakleys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a little, a little bit of both, yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyway, so Wistrom is about to get away in a car. Like Ethan sees, he's moving really fast. He has a tracker on the briefcase, and so he gets in a car of his own. They have a big crash, and they, you know, get out of their cars. They're chasing and finally get out of the sandstorm. And as he gets out of the sandstorm, Winstrom pulls off a mask and reveals that he's actually Cobalt why? There's really no good reason? Well, <laughs>
1: I like the fact that Ethan at the point like rips off the chinny chin oh, chin. Oh, yeah.
2: So he's like, what? What's what? Why is yeah. this coming off?
1: And I love the fact that it's the chinny chin chin <laughs> of all things. It's not the nose. It's not anything else. It's just the chinny chin chin, which so is so good. No mm. one
2: that I've seen has an actual good re- reasoning for why Windstrom went in disguise, or um, Cobalt went in dis- disguise as Winström to this meet.
1: Well, my assumption is that uh, so the way I looked at it was that the fact that Winström is supposed to be a whole different. Obviously, we all know it's going to be a different person, but like mm-hmm. no one. And you you think it's two different people, right? Mm-hmm. So you assume that Winström versus is Cobalt is going to be in a different place. Winström. So you assume that now you're coming in with the expert you think about it of uh, the stooge with the it's um, what is like it's kind of like the meme right so like so Fast and Furious right mm-hmm. so Braga mm-hmm. is the big bad of Fast right. and Furious 9 or 8 or whatever yeah what number is that? Was seven? seven or eight? I seven, I think number. it's seven. I think it's yeah. seven or eight. Braga is the big bad. I know, I think it's but yeah. you don't understand that it's the big bad, so you, so you don't pursue them as heavily. You think that's going to lead you somewhere. So, like, um, you don't necessarily uh, want uh, okay. to take them down. You know, that's fully. actually
2: a good. That's actually a decent reasoning of, of, of that, because yeah, if that, that's a good point, if they, <clears throat> if they knew it was cobalt. They would just stop him right there. They wouldn't let him go.
1: Right. Huh. Rather than just kinda of letting them leave them on and just leave-
2: <laughs> to lead them to Cobalt. But right. okay, that's actually a good a good explanation. All right. But let's in the interest of time, let's move on. So we go to back to a safe house where we have this whole <laughs> They're <laughs> all yelling at each other. Yeah.
0: And I Brand was totally other. wrong.
2: What's that? Brand was totally wrong.
0: Moreau, was, was she had a gun and she was about to shoot someone? If Carter hadn't kicked oh. her, then she would have gotten shot and died anyway.
1: Mm, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Or I don't
2: know, she could have. Also, Brent gone. was right there; he could have done something. Maybe. Well, could and a shot
1: could have shot, and then not had to deal with them being kicked out the window. I'm mm-hmm. saying. I mean, Brent just is trigger shy, I guess. <laughs>
0: oh, well, right, but th- they also never really explained. At least, not to my satisfaction. Why they couldn't kill Moreau? Because she's, said an she's an
2: asset.
0: An, yeah, and I know any, they said that. Any,
2: any information that she had would be valuable, especially if because they thought they still needed to track down Cobalt.
1: Cobalt. Right. So mm. they didn't know she who. N- right back
2: into yeah. why he's wearing the mask. So yeah, that makes that's actually giving me a good explanation for that. Interesting.
1: Mwah, 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 mwah. <laughs>
0: Not, not to totally write it, but it would have been cool if, she, if they like knew that she had some vital piece of intel that they needed. And that way the audience could have been like, oh no, when she died. But,
1: but that's it. the thing. Like, I, I think they tried. I prob- I'm i going to assume that there's probably some cut footage somewhere. Oh, there's but, a whole ton of stuff. Yeah, and, like, but specifically in this perspective where yeah. the assumption is that she had very key pe- information, so they needed to specifically keep them alive, but like I mean, you want to keep every possible lead
2: alive, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So here's also where we get the big confrontation between Brandt and Ethan about, you know, how does a does someone with your skills end up as an analyst? They do the whole gun swap thing, which is really like you know, Ethan will pull a gun on him, and he's very e- quickly will disarm Ethan and mm. yeah,
1: disassemble the gun and mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah,
1: understand all that.
2: So Ethan.
0: I was kind of confused. I was like, why is there some big, why does Brand need to have some big dark secret? Why does he just say, I didn't want to be an agent anymore. Or, I don't want to be an agent or I used to be in the Marines, but now I'm an analyst or something like that. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, this no, is Ling giving me flashbacks to our get smart episode. We were wondering why someone who's an analyst would want to be an agent. That's not what I said. It's a bit more involved than that. About... You have to go back and listen. No, That's basically what it is. You wanted a motivation why an analyst would want to be an agent. But that's besides the point <laughs>
1: Yeah, you definitely did. Fair enough.
2: I listened to that one. <laughs> Ethan leaves because he gets a call. And this is where we get Brant's whole story. That he was a protection detail for Ethan and Julia when the attack on Julia happened. And so he feels guilty about it. And that's why he walked away. Yeah. Yep.
1: Which I appreciate because prior to this, we understand like this whole situation with Ethan and everything. So like it really ties up a lot of loose ends of why Ethan is back and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So like until that moment, I didn't understand why.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I was like, didn't Ethan just be like, I
2: retire? I'm good. I'm out.
1: I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm living my life. And then I was like, oh so like it really mm-hmm.
2: started and those questions the were sort of like lo- mean, for people who had seen 3 those questions were sort of like okay what really happened with Julia because they didn't just write her out like that come on right. after right. the it- whole thing of her being the crux of the third movie so it was an interesting way to get, get away from it
1: specifically considering this franchise and understanding like if it was something like you expect it to be not like Obvious, But, like, you expect it to be addressed, to be, like, played against you. Mm. Right? The fact that they didn't mention any of it for so long. I was like, there's something. There's something. But is there something? So it made me double- triple question myself about what is happening about it, (laughs) because of the way the movie franchise manipulates you.
0: I will say this subplot was not (laughs) the most well-developed of the movie. (laughs) It's a lot of telling and not showing. Mm. How dare you? But but as for Julia, last movie, she nearly got killed a bunch of times and was tied to a chair for hours. Presumably, if I were her, I would be like,
2: I'm out too. Except I wasn't her who was tied to a chair. Whatever. There's someone the in is, a Julia Mask. Pay attention to the movies! <laughs> <laughs> the point is, she was in danger. Mm. Extreme danger. Anyway, so we go to a boatyard where actually we have oh, a reappearance from a character from the very first movie, one of Max's goons, a guy, the big giant guy uh-huh. who is there. And he has uh, the mask from the first movie. And when I may say mask, I mean the ski mask that is sewed up and has all all the holes filled that Z- Jay and I, I were that. both tempted to create.
3: <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'll tell you a little bit of behind the scenes. They were going to try to bring back Vanessa Redgrave for this scene, for to be the, basically the, the, the character that this is in place of. But Really? Yeah. I did not Max, know that. To be the White Widow's mother, as we'll find out later. <gasps> I but Paramount wouldn't pay her enough. Oh, god, and so it god fell bless. apart. Yeah. This bless. is also in the era of like you know, Paramount was not entirely confident in the franchise, so that they weren't willing to do it. If had they known now, I'm sure they would have forked it out because that would Oh great. my
1: god, I did not know that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So fun, fun behind the scenes thing. Anyway, so he instead meets a character who plays a similar role, who's known as the Fog. He's a arms dealer, and <laughs> guess who's back? Our buddy Bogdan. Who Yay! is the one who orchestrated this meet?
0: Set up and payoff.
2: Yeah, Ethan convinces the fog to help him by saying, basically, you know, I'm here to give you a future because the war is coming. And he's like, no, war is good for business. That's you know, Fringe rule of acquisition, except a nuclear war because there will right. be no one left to sell to. So <laughs> he tells him who exactly uh, has the right the uh, satellite that can be used to activate the code, uh, the briefcase. And it's a Indian tycoon named Nath. Oh. I forget what his first name is.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so they go to Mumbai, and it's fancy party time.
0: That's right. It would be a Mission Impossible movie without it.
1: So this annoyed me because, like, it was set up that when they're they're looking for Ethan, they they realize they can't find Ethan, and they mm-hmm. look at Bogdan, and then they're like. Find me all the information about this guy.
2: Oh, it but doesn't pay
1: off at all.
2: Doesn't it end. though? Well, actually, no, no, it really doesn't. Actually, it
1: really doesn't huh, because the point. arms dealer calls them.
2: That's like, true. Yeah, May, the arms it has dealer calls the Russian inspector. Yeah,
1: yeah, it does nothing, and I got so annoyed. Huh. I was like,
2: I never noticed that. Interesting. I noticed. <laughs> That, that's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's uh, a, an icebox problem.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Least, yeah, or, you know, Fridge yeah. Logic, because it's yeah. more commonly known now.
2: But I, I like the classic Hitchcock ver- phrase of icebox problem.
1: Nice. <laughs> Fair enough.
2: Go to Mumbai. We have, yeah, they're all ready in their fancy clothes, except for Benji. and Peg and Benji, because yeah. he's got to do all the tech stuff. And Jeremy Renner's wearing a magnet suit under his clothes. So, the plan is Jane will seduce enough. I can only
0: imagine what Amanda from the Spy Museum would say about this. Why? Because I don't know. It feels like it's been a long time since we've seen a spy movie just have the female agent straight up seduce someone to get information. It's such an uh, old trope. I mean, it's Pierce it's Brosnan, Mission
1: Impossible, it's impossible or like yeah. every spy movie. It's uh, it spi- is of a, it's, it's, a it's certain good. era, yeah. I mean, it's it's different in the fact that it's a female lead, sub lead mm-hmm. versus a male lead. But typically, you see a male lead doing it. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's a typical trope throughout the years. Yeah, that has yeah. never, never been gone questioned. away entirely.
2: Yeah, it's I mean, not even in questioned. like uh, what is that? Uh, the, the what you call Red Sparrow? That's. Part oh, of yeah. The whole, yeah, their whole training is to be sparrows. Right. I guess be... that movie isn't that old. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's newer than this movie. Right. Yeah. So she's gonna seduce bridgenoth to get the code, and once they get the code. Um, Brandt will be going through the, the the vents into their security system to enter the code to deactivate it to
1: turn off, and they're going to turn off all the servers to keep it cool so they can
2: or all avoid the fans, the fans yeah. <laughs> and
1: yep. make It'll the magnetic little truck move this around this little the like quarter. Mars
2: rover looking thing. <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. god! This, <laughs> so this, Brandt is the person who actually gets to do. The Mission Impossible pose, except no wires, just jump and being held up by magnets, which I thought was fun.
1: Yeah, Ref- like hesitates, <laughs> hesitates, hesitates. He jump. Did you and... enjoy
2: his weird stretching before he was doing it? <laughs> I did because was I probably test. would. Apparently, these like... are stretches that these are. This was not in the script. This is just something that. Um, Jeremy Renner came up with, and I think these are stretches that he just does himself. It's pretty yeah,
1: no, they're actually really good stretches because I do those same stretches. <laughs> I mean, I do that. I those are stretches I learned in martial arts, and I still do mm-hmm. to this day yeah. before I run and everything. It's just a interesting period of this movie where so you basically get right. It's uh, chainmail mm-hmm. under the suit. So he gets to walk around and ching, 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 ching. And yeah. as an Asian with the last name Chang, I'm allowed to say ching, 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 ching.
2: Wasn't uh, going to say anything.
1: And I like the fact that he's like, oh, it's going to get hot. I got to roll up my sleeves. And it's just <laughs> chain mail. Mm-hmm. And then takes the time and it's like, I got to oh, yeah. uh, And then eventually does it because it parallels to the fact that like, it parallels Directly to the concept of even constantly jumping and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then also skydiving, right? So, like, it's just chainmail that goes up to the-, <laughs> the four, three of us have gone to skydiving sky or, or fake yeah. skydiving. <laughs> and
2: you you don't think it's on it's the whole body thing like a wetsuit kind of deal that kind of no it's specific
1: you can specifically see it cuts off at the waist.
2: oh really i didn't notice that
1: so like it it annoyed me because i was like you have to be like elite oh your core has got to be
2: oh my god (laughs) to be able
1: to lift keep your legs up over the fan uh-huh. that's now dead and then with the magnet pushing you up great the magnet is pushing you up but like to be able to make this happen and then as you i love the fact that underneath the fan mm. and it's practical is that the fact that the earth makes a little pyramid like oh a little so, I don't, it's, it's so not the like fan human. because yeah, so the fan is pulling up the dirt and making oh, this little oh, cha- dang. channel up, right? So it makes 100% sense that that point is a little higher than the rest, which, and if you watch the movie, you see that that middle of the fan has a point. I was like, yeah. oh, that totally makes sense until it, you start to move the <laughs> truck and then like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. Jeremy Renner... If you actually did this, God bless your <laughs> back muscles. Ugh. I have, uh, uh, I, I, uh, I'm pretty good. My core, my back is pretty good. I cannot keep my back straight like that. <laughs> Much less my legs. I didn't Much less in that. heat. But the other thing is, so they're running supercomputers, right? Mm-hmm. Within like ten minutes, supercomputers are not getting that hot, so that annoyed me.
2: Interesting. Okay.
1: But I appreciate the fact that like, basically that whole channel is a heatsink, mm-hmm. which totally makes sense if the computers were still running at full capacity.
2: But unfortunately, all of this is for, like they get the code, but this is all for naught because at the same time, Hendrix and Wistrom were actually using a, TV sta- a local TV station to get access to the satellite to launch their code, launch their missile from a Russian mm-hmm. sub.
1: Which yeah. is amazing because it's a direct parallel to the beginning of the movie when Ethan is running his campaign his own yeah. and they're doing this whole subsection mm-hmm. that no one is aware of but directly relates to it. And they're mm-hmm. manipulating them, which I thought the parallels were
2: fantastic in this part. So they're able to track the signal and figure out where it's coming from. So Benji, Brant, and Carter go to the TV station to go after Wistrom to see if they can stop the signal there. On the other end, we have Ethan and at well, first Ethan and Jane going after Wickstr or not Hendricks
3: <laughs> to, uh,
2: yeah, to this car park or a parking lot, which is actually the Vancouver Convention Center. Yeah, and I've got a fun story about this one. Oh. So I'm, I was supposed to have a convention in June of 2020 at the of uh, at the Vancouver Convention Center. So obviously, it didn't happen, but I did a site visit <laughs> to the convention center in. But November of 2019, so I got to see the space, and I I knew it was in the movie. I was like, I've seen this, and so I actually talked to the person who was giving us the site visit, and she's, oh yeah, I was here when they're doing it. They're, you know, everyone's really cool, but they filmed it in January, where there was winter, Mm. which was you know, you know, it's supposed to be Mumbai, it's supposed to be, so they were gluing. Apparently, the the crew was gluing on leaves to the trees. Because there were no all the trees, the leaves had right. fallen out to make it look like it was actually you know not winter there.
0: Interesting.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean the actors were cold too. Uh yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. They're all like they're they're all dressed in like jackets and coats, so they're probably fine. I suppose. Yeah. So that's my story about the that whole thing. Like and yeah, there's yeah. trees outside, and it's like yeah. <laughs> you tr- um but yeah i also have been through the parking lot that ethan starts running into there is no actual multi-tiered you know carvana style you know car (laughs) vending machine
0: it's a fun place for a fight though
2: oh yeah it's a cool fight and you know that yeah hendrix and ethan are fighting each other basically keeping playing keep away with the nuclear football Mm. and after a while hendrix realizes i don't you know need to fight you i just need and that's I just right. need to get this case away from you. So he takes a dive and jumps off of one of the platforms. Which he really didn't need to do. He just kind of thrown the case. I guess he wanted to die for his cause. And so Ethan, knowing that he still needs to get down there to get deactivate the weapon, takes one of the cars, drives it str- heads first down into there. It's great.
1: Instead of just
2: taking an I elevator. Know. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Or just jumping into the car and then jumping off the car. Something.
2: But he, he needed to get that because the, t- the countdown was ticking. Right.
1: Yeah. I appreciate the fact that Wisdom, we see Wisdom yeah. do the whole look over and then look up and you're like, oh, is he actually dead?
2: <laughs> oh, you mean Hendrix? I, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: I fully expect to see Hendrix
2: at some point in the future. Oh, he's definitely very dead.
1: He walked He was fine. He looked over to his throat. Unfortunately, the actor
2: Michael Nickfist has since passed. Yes, unfortunately. You would not see him. Hmm. He was also in the first John Wick. He's great as the bad guy Fantastic.
1: Fantastic in that role.
2: Uh, But, yeah, so I also can't forget this. So as this is all going on, Ethan is trying to deactivate him. He even says, mission accomplished, pounding on it. Which I love
1: the callback (laughs) later with with Luther. He calls him out on it, yeah.
2: Yeah. But Benji and Brant and Jane are, you know, fighting off Winstrom. They finally managed to kill him. And Jane actually took a hit with a bullet. But before that, Winstrom had, like, pulled out all the cables. And so Benji was rapidly trying to so plug everything back on. in. And so yeah. they finally get it all together. And mission accomplished as the <laughs> missile is about to hit the Transamerica Pyramid in San Francisco. <laughs> and even, like, ships hit. Yeah. We literally at yeah. the last second. Uh-huh.
1: I appreciate them showing the cable splicing and the bleeding. Mm -hmm. So if you have not worked in server rooms Mm -hmm. and cable Mm -hmm. management and trying to (laughs) re-thread cables, you bleed a ton. (laughs)
3: Because
1: you have to strip them and then you plug them and you're ripping. The amount of times I... The amount of blood I have done for like my miscellaneous home network, much less <laughs> for work, mm-hmm. and I know many friends who are in that industry, and they are just like, <sighs> "You, someone cuts it, and then you're just trying to... The blood <laughs> just flows, and I was like, this only works, but then also, you have a van of cables... It's just Ethernet cables. Just replace <laughs> the cable. I'm pretty sure in the corner, there's a whole cabinet of cables. Just replace. It was very interesting. So, like, if you're not, like, a techie, like, it totally makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's such a bad thing.
2: Also, at this point, we have the Russian inspector just find Ethan with Yay, football and realize, oh, we're not actually enemies. are we... Okay, time to... You want to go to the hospital. Yeah, I think so. Which is a great <laughs> callback b-
1: between like two or three points in the movie where mm-hmm. Ethan's like, we're not enemies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying so, to help you. Sh- Shut the fuck up.
2: Mm-hmm. So we go over to San Francisco or actually Vancouver, an area we called Granville Island, which I hung out at. Of course I did. Mm-hmm. Um, where we get a debrief. We get our, the only appearance of Luther in the movies here where, yeah, like we said, that uh, he calls out Ethan on being super corny for saying mission accomplished.
0: He always was corny, yeah.
2: Brant, Benji, and Jane are all given new assignments, but Brant, you know, refuses and says, you don't really want me out there. But he finally gets the true story about Julia, that her death was faked, and that he used the, you know, the the supposed unsanctioned hit as a cover to get him into the prison because it was thought that Cobalt had someone in the prison. Doesn't seem like he actually did, but he at least was able to make the connection with Bogdan. Yeah. And,
1: and the concept of IMF wasn't, their job isn't to protect his wife. It's his job.
0: to mm-hmm. protect. Yeah. 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 But then so, we learned that apparently
2: Ethan and his wife still broke up. Despite it that. is. Yeah. Well, because, I, mean, I mean, obviously they M- had to. That's, he says, um, mm. as long as we're together, she's in danger.
1: Once that happened, when I first watched the movie, Mm. it made me rethink about the whole interaction throughout the movie. Every time,
2: like, the Julia's mentioned,
1: Julia's mentioned, Mm. or not just one Julia's mentioned, but like his attitude during the entire movie of Uh. having to be mission appropriate, mission focused, and all these other things, Mm -hmm. and taking all these other
2: interactions. I was like,
1: that yeah no
2: he explains it, why he acts as either he's
1: very specifically yeah he takes mm. it as like he responds to it as like a mission rather than having very specific because we see prior like when he is invested in someone's life candy thank you like he <laughs> he responds very differently like mm-hmm. I need to protect this person and his response to very specific situations is different so like the fact that his response throughout the movie I was like It was in my face this whole time. (laughs) Mm.
2: So we also here get a glimpse of Julia, who is, you know, still alive. We get a little glimpse of her. And she she sees, she senses, like somehow knows that Ethan, like just feeling on the back of the neck, knows someone's watching her (laughs) and turns around, sees Ethan and, you know, they just share, you know smile as Ethan vanishes into the mist and is being told about a new mission and, you know, a new organization known as the Syndicate, which we'll find out more about later.
1: So it's interesting because, like, it's the fact that, like, Ethan's supposed to be the secret protector and then, like, they're like, Hi! Hello! <laughs> and, and, like, you're like, anyone can just report that? Wait, what, what just happened? And, like, <laughs> I'm just going to go hang out with my best friends and i still love. And you're like, I thought the whole point was the fact that she died so you could protect her because no one understands that she's alive. And I was like, "Uh,
2: I mean, but I uh, actually, maybe it would have been better if she never saw him. I 100%. Yeah,
0: I agree about that. (laughs) I know, but I, I,
2: I, I liked, I mean, at least it gave you a sense of closure, uh, like, closure. All right, they can see closure, each other. You see that, all right, you know, maybe they'd still love each other, but they know they can't be together, so you have to part.
1: Instead of them both making googly eyes and waving, and you're like, yeah. Are they gonna go get dinner? What's <laughs>
2: happening? here? <laughs> she's going to a liquor store. Uh, or actually that's like a fish market she's going into. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah I was like I'm so confused was he supposed <laughs> to be staying out of her life to protect this
0: whole situation
2: but with that our movie ends
0: Ta-da. yay all right so now it's time for our spy fact versus fiction jay is our guest do you want to go first do you have anything
1: I so in this particular one I appreciate the fact that well I don't know if I appreciate the fact that but I Early on, I think it's hilarious that it's very clear that Ethan is wearing dark colors, black slash dark blue, versus the enemy wearing clear black or uh, pure white and very <laughs> light colors. So you, when they're running through certain things, and you're like, wearing white feels like it's not the best decision, and it's not like even. clear. But, like, so, like, it was an interesting dichotomy because it's not... So, a spy fact versus the fiction of it being, like, it's a little too obvious to a degree. I mean, it's a trope, which is great. And it's very simplistic for us, but at the same time, it's, like... Because they improved upon it in the few, in the next movies, right? Just <clears throat> But I also do like the fact that Bogdan never comes back to it. And But I also appreciate the fact that it's like the concept of I protect myself. Like he went back for his informant, protected their identity. There's an arms dealer and all that other stuff. And like the arms dealer never even implicates Bogdan. That's the biggest thing about this movie that I appreciate. The fact that Bogdan is never implicated in <laughs> anything.
2: You think we'll see Bogdan come back at some point? Oh, gosh, I <laughs> hope so.
1: Because I thought he did such a good job of being such a quirky mm-hmm. person, like informant.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: has to come back at some point. I would <laughs> really love to
0: see Bogdan come back. Right and high on that Fast X appearance. Hell yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, do you have anything?
0: Actually, yes. So I found a video from Insider.com. Former CIA intelligence officer Andrew Bustamante rates all the Mission Impossible movies for realism. Oh,
1: gosh. Okay.
0: So he really liked the disguise when he's the general. He says Mm -hmm. a simple prosthetic nose and mustache. He likes it because it reduces what can go wrong. Same with not speaking. Why take the chance? Mm -hmm. The fake hallway was way too risky and expensive. (laughs) He said the biggest problem with this is the battery power. You would need a whole suitcase just for the battery.
1: Not today.
0: Hmm. Right, but at the time. At the
1: We're, time, 100%. Yeah.
0: Going from the Russian general to a tourist, he said it's called a gap act, but Ethan mm-hmm. does it in plain sight, oh. which is very high risk. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says in real life, you go somewhere private and then you wouldn't just throw all your stuff yeah. away, mm-hmm. you'd keep it. Oh. Mm. Same with the the glove. You he, he wouldn't just toss the glove, you would put it <laughs> on his belt.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that stupid glove. Like, you're giving away spy technology to a <laughs> random miscellaneous. Oh, right. hey, electromagnetic.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. And then when Ethan calls the, the fake number of the fake insurance company, that's what's known as a backstop number. Mm. And what they said is called verbal parole. And then Ethan gives his parole or a bona fides. And then when he disposes it in, of the phone, it's in a way that it can't be retrieved.
2: So that was good, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then finally mm-hmm.
0: he said breaking into the server room is a human-enabled technical operation where you use human skills to enable mm-hmm. it, but no one would c- cut into it in broad daylight. He would get arrested pretty <laughs> quickly. I'm not, I mean, I don't would know they see that? him that
1: high up? <laughs> that was my question because they were so stupidly high because that's mm-hmm. one of the lo- highest buildings, and at mm-hmm. that point, yeah. most people would assume it's a bug or a bird or something. I think it was totally fine. The fact that they cut through the glass, and the glass is a very structural mm. necessity to that point, <laughs> I think that's the bigger question. I don't think anyone would... But, I mean, at the same time, you're watching someone climb up A fully glass window, right? So you're like, who's not in that room going, why am I looking at this guy running up this, climbing up my window? That's the other thing.
2: All right, Zach, do you have anything else? That's all for me. So I've got a couple of things. So AR contact lenses Mm
0: -hmm. seems
2: like science fiction, but actually, in July (laughs) of 2022, a company called Mojo Vision. Their first tests of um, AR contact lenses. Mm-hmm.
3: And mm. what
2: they say is that it has a 14,000 pixel per inch micro LED display with a pixel pitch of, which is the distance between adjacent, adjacent pixels, of 1.8 microns. And mm. it uses these uh, medical grade micro batteries somehow. I don't, there's not too much information about it, but it's. Seems pretty interesting. I, but this is from a website called bigthink.com that reported.
1: On oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So they could be more commonplace sooner rather than later.
1: Uh, yeah. I think uh, overall that technology has been slowly being built more and more and mm-hmm. more. Uh, obviously. Uh... They've done more heads up displays with like the tiny, like Google Glass stuff, Mm -hmm. but, uh, that they've been slowly trying to figure out how to do AR contact glasses for a hot minute. I think there's a rough approximation of it, Mm -hmm. but it's not quite that much less being able to immediately track and identify people like doing quick Mm scan.
2: What also I have is, can being underwater protect you from bullets?
0: Yeah, I figured you would would be doing this one. Welcome to Mythbusters.
2: It's from a website called ScienceABC.com, which actually specifically calls out this scene. And what they said say is that if the bullet is shot from an angle of 30 degrees then being underwater in the range of three to five feet can ensure safety for most guns and I th- they show the into all the math behind it and also talk about how they covered it on MythBusters, which is where i think they got that quote from so mm. i've i want to look back at the scene but i think they're more than three to five feet below so even yes. without the bodies you know that the the, uh, the body with the flare they would have been okay that point,
3: yeah, no, yeah one, well,
2: they're way below because they like yeah, the whole entire they're car like 10 feet crashed. Under. It, so, yeah. those bullets actually shouldn't even be coming by them, really. They should already have lost their momentum, I think.
1: They would lose the momentum, but you can kind of see the trail, it would be uh, super yeah, slow. Yeah, but those
2: they basically here, be able to bat them out of there. Yeah, but water. He, what, when we see it here, the bullets are look like they're going full speed, so it's not quite accurate, yeah. <clears throat> uh, and that's
1: thing, why, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Lastly, I've got something on gecko gloves. Okay.
1: Because uh, I was going to bring that up again too. Yeah. <laughs> so go for so, it.
2: Um, this is from a uh, website called Engadget.com. Apparently, researchers at Stanford have created a gecko glove, which makes Spider-Man climbing possible. Mm-hmm. And looks like they, yeah, they it's using sticky these microscopic stick, sticky pads. Which will distribute the weight, and I believe that they also it is a rolling motion, just like Benji said, that can bring you know, used to take off the adhesion. All right, wow! Just like in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: there's a company, Sri International, has been developing the electro adhesive gloves, okay, which uh, basically they act like a static effect of like rubbing a balloon to create static uh-huh. electricity to make uh-huh. that happen. Uh, so that's the other part. And then also, uh, NASA has been developing a levitated, like, mouse or a can- tiny canister
2: using magne-
1: magnets to oh, be able to simulate. Like the, yeah, the, for, like, the...
2: The magnet suit. Magnet suit
1: to be able to travel around. And so, like, that was an interesting part. Mm-hmm. that I thought was in That was kind of
2: cool. Um, mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah. Ju- but, like, also, the... So, the electro gloves Mm. are a thing that, obviously, we we just talked about. But, like, the way they were being used in the show is just, it's a glove. Like, it had no, like, closure. It didn't, like, suck onto the arms, which Uh I know it'd be. So, like, it would stick, and then you'd roll, and then your arms would slide out. For me, personally, Mm -hmm. unless, like, you're super sweaty, I guess. And then, like, the moisture of your sweat and stuff would make that suction ability. That would be kind of an interesting thing <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it, was, mm-hmm. like, it just made me think laugh yeah it just made me laugh like he was like boop bloop 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 but like i was like i don't know about you but my hands are coming out of those gloves much less his, <laughs> much less his tiny fingers
2: think, yeah there's no closure there's no interesting huh <laughs> all right well do we have anything else for spy fact facts or suspicion or can we move on to our favorite quotes I don't have uh, anything more.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the heads-up display nowadays is basic technology. Oh, what, on the car? So, yeah, so that's basic <laughs> technology these days. We we're were already beyond that point. I'm still stuck on the stupid shoes of the climbing. <laughs> <laughs> it still angers me.
2: <laughs> All right, let's move on to favorite quotes, then. Okay. Uh, Jay, as our guest, would you like to go
0: first?
1: No, I would not like to go first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm very curious to what you
0: are. Zach? Uh, Sure. So I'd like to like the fuse. Ah, yes. I I also like it seemed like a good idea a minute ago.
2: (laughs) When he's out on the ledge, yeah.
0: Yeah, one of my least favorite lines is they're driving to Dubai, having a great time. They almost hit a bunch of camels, swerve out of the way, and then Ethan turns and says, camels, like, duh, whatever. (laughs) Uh, But then a couple of the ones I liked when they're having the conversation with the bad guys, in the hotel rooms, mm-hmm. Moreau says, I've killed the best. Which reminded me of Wonder Woman saying, I've killed things from other worlds before. that oh. <laughs> man's man. yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, Moreau, you killed the best with your panda technique of walking up to them and then shooting them. <laughs> Finally, when Ethan said, either we do this deal or we all go home in buckets.
2: So I got a few like that. If the secretary wanted me out of there, it must be pretty bad out here. Talking about, you know, being broken out of prison. From the secretary, tension between the United States and Russia hasn't been this high since the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh,
1: That's a good one.
2: Also from Ethan, failure to a terrorist is just a rehearsal for success. And lastly, um, tying back to what we were talking about before, thinking. I didn't assume they were thinking. I assumed they were shooting at anything they moved. These guys aren't Rhodes Scholars, you know.
0: (laughs) That's a good one it isn't very much like Ethan to underestimate his enemy, but I guess in this case it worked. It's
2: yeah. well, not necessarily underestimate anime, he's just he's accurately analyzing them and acting mm-hmm. in, in coordination with that. Alright, right, Jay, what do you what do you got?
1: I have Vladimir saying, our media is no more truthful than yours, American. <laughs> it's pretty good. <clears throat> uh, and then my other one was Jeremy Renner going next time? I get to see seduce the rich guy i
2: was wondering if one of us was gonna bring that up <laughs> oh hell yeah i mean come on now it's a good so line sexy. yeah that reminded me of wash saying
0: next time we we gotta to go to the crappy town where i'm a hero yeah
1: <laughs> that's actually a good point
0: yeah <laughs> thank you so now it's time for a ratings on a scale of one to ten martinis one being avengers nineteen ninety eight, ten 10 being even better than no time to die how would we rate mission impossible ghost protocol jay is our guest would you like to go first
1: i am a big fan of this I think Mm -hmm. last one I said seven.
2: Uh, I can find out if you really—that's the use. You said eight point five.
0: Oh geez! Oh no! Three.
1: Why did I go so high?
0: Yeah, this (laughs) one I I don't give out high ratings easily. Oh no!
1: Then I'm just gonna say a nine. (laughs) (laughs) Just because one has Jeremy Renner, which I appreciate. Uh, The Yeah, there's a whole lot going on. It makes me happy. I appreciate Julia coming back. There's a lot of callbacks. So yeah, let's just say nine. And I'm going to regret this when I come back for the next future episodes of (laughs) Mission Impossible. But uh, for right now, let's say nine.
0: (laughs) You've reached the ceiling. Mm -mm.
1: I still have 9.1 through
0: (laughs) 10. (laughs) I don't know if we allow that. I guess we'll have to start. You don't control me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's going rogue. Yep. All right, Zach, let's hear
0: it. Okay, so up through the first half, I was ready to give it a nine because straightforward plot, no masks, really good use of gadgets, not a lot of emotional stuff. I'm sorry, what? I didn't want to give it away before we get to the movies, but the later movies try to do like Ethan Hunt, feel guilty for your sins. Think on them. You say try. I say succeed, but then we'll get to there. It's not something I like. So it was great, but then here, unfortunately, problems started to crop up. Like the villain sucks. He makes the villain from the tuxedo look good in comparison. <gasps> Whoa.
1: <gasps> Whoa. But, that's thanks. a full uh-huh. clean. <laughs> yeah, and I love the tuxedo
0: <laughs> well he barely even talks to Ethan Hunt until they fight to the death and I just feel like the movie goes on a little long like for me the kind of climax was the Burj Khalifa stuff which is in the middle but these are mostly just nitpicks so I'm going to give it an eight and a half
2: all righty very interesting eight and a half. all right that I mean it's higher than you gave three and which you gave a six two you gave a four and the first one you gave... Ooh, where is it? Uh, you gave it a seven. Okay. I think it's a lot better than the first three. All right. So, I love this film. I think it is great. I think they m- managed to really balance out the action while also having some of your character beats in there. And it's m- even more incredible that knowing what I know about the behind-the-scenes, there was a lot of trouble. It was a troubled production, and they had to bring on multiple writers to try to figure it out... So this is actually Christopher McQuarrie, the you know, director of the next, what, four Mission Impossible films yeah. after this. It Didn't
3: was they first have
1: th- th- three writers? Three, four sessions? At
2: least. But they brought on McQuarrie, at, like, as filming was already, like, halfway through to try to fix the ending. Yep. <clears throat> so, the fact that it works so well with that, and, of course, the action is amazing. Yeah, that Burj Khalifa scene is so good. And even, like, yeah, and, you know, the, the car park, it's Everything is firing all of cylinders here. And also, you brought back the team aspect. Like, I mean, you know, three kind of had the team, but it was still mostly Ethan going off on his own. Here, I it agree. really felt like everyone had their role, they had their specialty, they had a thing to do, even if Jeremy Renner was just the helper. He had things to do. Yeah, like you said, the scheme they have of doing two rooms, that's, yeah, that is something they would have done in the show. So, bringing it all the way back there. Mm -hmm. Zach, I think you're going to have to memorize a new rating scale, because you're going to be saying better (laughs) than Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, because I'm giving this a 10 martinis.
0: Wow! (laughs) All right. So it's a perfect movie. Well, actually, I'm the one who says a 10 out of 10. is a perfect movie. You don't say that. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So. Wow. Yeah, it's it's, it's a 10. It's got to be, because, like, this is, and, you know, even just going from here, this is where the franchise really... It ramps up into yeah. where it is now. Yeah. go off into the stratosphere.
1: I agree. It definitely it, it brings it back to its roots, which I think is the biggest thing. Like mm-hmm. it brings it back to the concept of it's not just one person. It's a whole division of the IMF, but the IMF is also kind of flawed, but also really good at in its core and you have to address them. So yeah, no, I'm down with the ten.
2: I appreciate the ten.
1: <laughs> I will give it the ten, but it's definitely one of my
0: better ones.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, a nine is nine and eight. I think this is our hi- highest-rated episode. Collectively highest, I could see that. Yeah, collectively highest, or even well, this also the first time anyone gave someone a t- something a ten as well.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope so.
2: <laughs> oh, and I actually I have to say one thing to add to my review mm-hmm. that I also feel like I connect with this movie even on a more personal level because i think it it for me and this is just personally as a in my day job i plan conferences this almost in inca- like their frenetic energy sort of encapsulates what it feels like running a conference cuz you make all these plans <laughs> so, and you are figure you know you're trying to plan think of every eventuality but of course you know you know oh, oh you're in the restaurant you which you had booked oh no they're actually doing a different event and they forgot about you you have to work a way around it's you know it's not on the same scale of oh the mask machine failed and you have to do without and figure out a way around but it feels in the moment it feels like that so i've actually i've told other people this that you know all right you want to know what it feels like being an event planner watch this movie that's the level of right improv improvisation that we have to go through and thinking our feet and just working to make everything look like it's all Running smoothly on the surface, even though we're running around doing all these things.
1: Wetting your, sweating and being stressed. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that Ethan Hawk Ethan does not have more
2: white hairs because of all the stress. <laughs> well, you see a few of them in fall. Uh, in, yeah, in you fall do, <laughs> but
1: like right no, by now, Ethan yeah, should yeah, I mean, have already got
2: white hairs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And he, and we used to, we know from collateral. Tom Cruise can wa- rock the, the Silver Fox look. Oh, yeah. Oh, Alrighty. So, Jay, do you want to promote anything?
1: Uh, I guess uh, your Tuesday Night Gaming podcast that I am with uh, Zach, where we talk about more uh, spoiler casts about current shows or movies, depending on what we're doing, and uh, at the same time, I'm also streaming on Twitch, uh, MC Slanty, I'm on all socials for MC Slanty, so enjoy if you like ttrpg i'm also interpreting a bunch we just did a uh, disability month awareness with world d5 and uh, hero forge so yeah, watch some dnd streams
0: very nice we'll tune in for that and thank you to the audience for joining us you can find us on social media at the spy fi guys on facebook twitter and instagram and our merch store at redbubble.com until next time i'm zach
2: and i'm Christian.
0: And we are the SpyFi Guys signing off.
2: Thank you for listening to the Spy Guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five star rating on iTunes. The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended.